listening and we ask you today, would you give us hearts that would be open, ears that would hear. Lord, uh, the Spirit would just make real to us what you want to speak into every heart and every life. Lord, we just say, put your anointing on your word now this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Acts 2 verse 42. They, divide, they devote to themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miracles and signs and wonders were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers, daily to those who were being saved. Amen. Actually, I just thought of a notice there. Just say, Lydia's been graduated this weekend. She's not here, but just a graduator. We just, she can hear us. Are you there, Lydia? Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? I wouldn't say, yeah. Yeah. So Lydia's graduation next Sunday. Okay, I want to talk about the word being devoted. Isn't that powerful? The word devoted. They were devoted. And that word devoted there means they were holy, dedicated. It means steadfast. It means to be zealous. It means to, to have a cause, a mission, enthusiastic, fervent. That's a lot in a word, isn't it? That's what it says there. They devoted themselves. That word devotion. You know, football fans are very devoted. You notice how devoted football fans are. They paint their faces. They wear shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing that the, 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 the Brazil, I remember Brazil, Germany. How do you remember that match? I think, was it 6 0? I think it was 6 0, I think, to, to Germany. Remember that? I think 6 0. And it, it, the kind of camera went on people's faces. And the Brazilians, I mean, you could see tears just rolling down their cheeks. They were absolutely, you know, some of them were literally, you could just see the tears flowing down. You could see the total devastation of those moments. The German fans, they were just so enthusiastic. They were, you know, jumping around, everything else. That's what you call devotion. And there's this picture, devotion. They were devoted. In fact, the word devotion comes from, it means the word to attend constantly, to continue, to set apart, to dedicate yourself to by a solemn act. And the early church was devoted. They realised that this was not something that could be part-time or something they would do as just a, a kind of a little bit part of their life. It was a whole life commitment. They devoted themselves. They were zealous. They were enthusiastic. They were steadfast. They were wholly dedicated. So easy, isn't it, to, to live a Christian life that's convenient rather than a life that's dedicated and devoted. These early disciples were what? They were devoted. Isn't that powerful? And notice what happens. Because they were devoted, 
the Bible says that miracles and signs and wonders broke up among them. In other words, devotion created an atmosphere for signs and wonders and miracles. People often say, why don't we see more signs and wonders and miracles today? I'm just wondering if maybe the connection is right there with the word devotion. Maybe the more devoted we get, the more signs and wonders and miracles are released. If there, are, if there is no devotion, then there's no signs and wonders and no miracles. But where there is devotion, it's an atmosphere for God to do awesome and mighty things. Can you say amen? You need something else as you read that. First, it says they devote themselves and the result of their devotion was the Lord added to their number daily to those that were being saved. In other words, when devotion grips our hearts, then there's going to want to be a desire, a hunger, a longing. You're going to be concerned with lost people. You can't really be devoted and not concerned about people's eternal condition and state. Is that right? So as they were devoted, there came up within them a yearning, a desire, a commitment to win lost people for Jesus. Out of devotion. Out of the birthing of their devotion just came this incredible desire. And God began to add to their numbers daily to those that were being saved. The Bible says they were devoted to prayer. They're powerful. Devoted to prayer. Prayer wasn't an afterthought. It wasn't just something they thought they would do occasionally. They were totally and utterly devoted to prayer. No wonder they saw signs and wonders. Because prayer was a devotion. It wasn't a burden. It wasn't something they just did out of routine. It was a total and utter devotion. James says that it's the prayer of a fervent man that avails much. What if we pray fervently with a burning, hot desire for God's power to be released? Because it's the prayer of a fervent man that sees results, amen? Not just routine prayer, but fervent prayer sees incredible, awesome breakthroughs. Bible says they devoted themselves to the Word of God. What how devoted we are to the Word of God. How often do you read the Word? How often do you spend time in, you, in the Bible? How often do you read this book? Are you devoted to the Word of God? That you read it continually, constantly. It's the way you live your life. It's the way you, you, you the decisions you make. All the things that you do come out of the Word of God. You're devoted to the Word of God. Out of devotion to prayer, out of devotion to the Word of God, God did signs and wonders among them. Out of the heart of devotion. I think a devoted life brings forth possibilities. Without a heart of devotion, I think often we miss out on things in life. You'll never achieve anything in life when we do it with half-heartedness. I think without devotion, opportunities are missed 
potential is unfulfilled. When we attempt things with a half-heartedness, we never fully see the potential of what we could really do. If only we would have done it with a devoted heart. I think a devoted heart releases incredible things in our life. How many, when you go to the UK, love Starbucks? Any love Starbucks? No, but you will, yeah, Caris, I knew Caris did it. Starbucks. Oh, may the Lord grant mercy on us and put Starbucks in Guernsey. Amen. Let's pray for a Starbucks to come to Guernsey. But the guy who started Starbucks, incidentally, how many like to order things from Starbucks? I remember once, this was just, when we were in Cardiff, they had a drive through Starbucks. How many of you, when you press that button, they go, Hello, what would you like? what's your order, sir? And, you, and now Angie doesn't just have coffee. She has cappuccino with extra shots, with extra milk, with, was it, no chocolate on top, skim milk, whatever it is. And so I'm going, uh, cappuccino, coffee, what was that, with, with an uh, with a, with a sh- extra shot, with a little bit of milk, and the guy's going, what did you say, sir? And I'm going, and this went on about ten minutes trying to make an order. And it's going to be tall, not large, so, and it goes on. But the guy who started Starbucks, right, he actually opened that store, one store in Seattle, just one little coffee shop in Seattle, there is now 1,600 Starbucks, it's a world corporation. And he wrote a book, I noticed the title of his book, and he, this was the title of his book. This was what he believed was the principle what enabled Starbucks to be what it was, or is. And the book is called, Put Your Whole Heart in It. In other words, he realised the principle for starting and enlarging a business well, there's got to be devotion. You've got to put your whole heart in it. You've got to put everything you have into it. Athletes are devoted, is that right? They often would miss out on going to things with their friends or they would give up time for TV and all these things because they are utterly devoted to what they want to do, to what they want to achieve. It takes devotion to be a Amazing athletes. I think to have a good marriage takes devotion. It takes devotion. How many found marriage is hard? <laughs> right, Andrew's got two hands up. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, it's not easy. It takes devotion. You don't say when you make your vows, I'll give her a go, I'll, I'll try. But if she doesn't cook her meal, if she doesn't put that meal just right, then that's it. You don't try. Or is there, how many of you have heard of Yoda? Who's heard, who's heard of Yoda? Star Wars. Remember Yoda, Star Wars? I wrote down what he said. He said, not try, you only do or not do. I like that. You don't try, you only do or not do. In other words, everything we do in life and marriage takes Devotion. Ephesians 5 says, Husbands, love your wife as Christ loves the church. You like that one, would you, don't you? <laughs> In other words, it takes devotion. How many would say, 
Loving your wife as Christ loved the church or gave himself for the church takes what? It takes devotion. It takes complete and utter devotion. It's not just when things are going well, things are going nice. It takes devotion. Because in the midst of hard times and difficult times, it's going to take devotions. So in every aspect of life, if we're to be successful in it, I tell you one thing that you're going to need. You're going to need what? Devotion. That covers every aspect and every area. You think about the things that you did with devotion. I know those things were successful. The things that you did with a half-hearted heart were the things you did not excel in. They were the things that you didn't see production in those areas of your life because you did it half-heartedly. But the things you do with a devotional heart always brings what? Success and blessing. Because it's done with a heart that is devoted. How many love David? I love David. Whatever David did, no matter what his faults or, or shortcomings were, the one thing he had was a devoted heart. The Bible says he was devoted as a shepherd to his sheep. You know how devoted he was? And this struck me the other day. He killed the bear and he killed the lion. How many would think, you know, I like looking after sheep, you know, they're nice, it's a good job, but I'm not quite sure, I'm not committed that when a lion comes, I'm going to try and kill it. Or when a bear comes, I'm going to stand up against the bear and kill the bear. How many would think that takes a lot of commitment to your job, amen? You know, I love the job, it's good pay, and I like the fact I can, I can read my Kindle when I'm, I'm looking after the sheep, but... The fact that I've got to kill bears and sheep may, be not, may not be my best job opportunity, amen? But he was devoted to his sheep because that was his heart. He was a, a devoted shepherd. He was a devoted son to his father, even though the Bible indicates that his father treated him quite badly and didn't recognise him, yet he always obeyed what his father required of him. He was devoted to his father. He was devoted to his people as a king. Totally and utterly devoted as a king. But most importantly, he was devoted to his God. As a musician, he was a devoted worshipper. And many times he says, "Pray, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. He was a man of whole heart devotion in worship. He wasn't half-hearted. It wasn't just when he was feeling like it. He was totally and utterly devoted as a worshipper. Let me read you a psalm. I just love this one. This kind of expresses the, the devotion of David. Psalm 27. Psalm 27. Verse 4. One thing I ask of the Lord, that is what I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. I have this sense. He said, I'm devoted and I'm devoted to this one thing. 
I'm devoted to encounter God more and more. I really believe with all my heart that what God is doing in the hearts of his church in this day, he wants to cultivate a heart of devotion. He wants people that are just radically and totally and utterly devoted. There are people of one thing. And that one thing is to encounter and come into greater levels of God's presence and understanding of God's ways. You can say amen. See, God wants to just birth in the hearts of his people a, a, a culture of total devotion to God. You know, I think God wants to restore back the first commandment, back to the church. To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all your mind. How many would say that's pretty strong devotion? And that's the kind of devoted heart that God wants to put in his church. That we love him, we devote it to him with everything that's within us. We love him with our minds and our hearts, with all our soul. I think if we did that, it would save us from a lot of problems. A lot of people would not go astray. A lot of people would not get themselves into the messes they find themselves in. They wouldn't make the bad decisions they make if only they learned to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul and their mind. It would protect us from so many damaging things that our lives do. Only we say, God, I'm loving you with everything that's in me. I'm in a place, I'm cultivating a heart of devotion. And God's looking for a people that go beyond minimum requirements. He searches for those who have lavish commitment and extravagant hearts. How many love Mary of Bethany? The Bible says that, that she poured out all that she had. Poured out that ointment. Poured out that which was worth a year's wages out of a total act of total devotion and total abandonment to Jesus. I think a devoted heart is measured by the choices we make. What we do with our time. What we do with our resources. What we do with our abilities and talents actually show us where our devotion is. And we would agree with that. In other words, the, the way I express my devotion is what I choose to do with my time. What I choose to do with my resources, what I choose to do with my talents, express my devotion to him. Are those areas of our life devoted to God? I think the enemy has been incredibly successful in causing us to be diverted, to lose sight of putting first things first. And if we would put first things first, then we would see everything else flow into our life. Seek first the kingdom. Then all these things will be added to you. In other words, as seeking, as making God the heart of my devotion, as I cultivate that, then everything else begins to be added. The things that 
I need in life begin to be added to my life. Because it's, a, it's, it's learning to say this is priority. I'm a person of one thing. I'm cultivating a heart of devotion. Can you say amen? So let's be that kind of people that, that we just wholly give God every part. Everything is put in our lives, our, our walk with him, our calling, our family, our careers. Let's not live a life of not being devoted. I think the highest possibilities in life are the result of devotion. Because there you'll find all that God has for you. Because when you put your devotion in, that is something that will last. Have you noticed that? That when you devote yourself to something, that's something that lasts. When we give ourselves half-heartedly to it, it tends not to really, really last. How many remember that song? I'm going back a lot of years now. I have decided to follow Jesus. I remember that one. You know, I have decided to follow Jesus. You remember that one? Some of us, that's quite a few years old now. And, you know, though none go with me, yet will I follow. What an incredible song that is, really. That act that says, I am totally devoted. There's no going back. No turning away now. I'm devoted to this task. There's no turning back. I have a heart of total devotion. Devotion also releases itself in a cause. Paul said, I'm a bond slave of Christ. That's a powerful description of a life, isn't it? I'm a bond slave of Christ. I'm bound. I'm a slave to God's assignment for my life. And I think one of the, the way we express devotion is to be devoted to a cause. The people who really changed history were people who were devoted to a cause. I think of people like Nelson Mandela. 22 years in prison, but was devoted to a cause. And because he was devoted to a cause, he saw his nation change. Same people like Martin Luther King. They're devoted to a cause and out of their devotion to the cause, nations change. How much more so should we be devoted to the cause of Christ? The cause of Christ. I don't think it takes a person with unusual ability to change the world. It takes a heart that cares. A mind that is determined. A spirit that is willing. And a cause that matters. The cause of reconciling men and women to Christ. Jesus said, for this cause I've come. To reach, to restore those who are lost. That's why I came to give my life for. For those who were lost. When you're devoted to a cause... It causes you to have a, a focus. It causes your life not to go all over the place. Because you have a focus to your life, the, you, your mind is set, nothing's going to take you from the task. The cause of Christ. What a cause. To be caused, to live your life for the cause of Christ. 
Winning men and women for Christ. Loving people. Caring for people. Blessing people. What a cause. Jesus says, for this, the Bible says, for this cause Christ was revealed, that he might destroy all the works of the evil one. And that's the cause we set our hearts on. To destroy every work of the evil one. Through living a life full of love and devotion to Christ. Can you say amen? Living for a cause. The cause of Christ. Now here's the truth. Everybody is devoted to something. Every person. Every single person is devoted to something. But let's make sure that we are devoted to something worthy of our lives. People can be devoted to their soaps. Is that right? They spend hours. They would almost... The truth is, they'd almost give up anything so they wouldn't miss that particular soap. People can be devoted to sports. People can be be devoted to their hobbies. But let's make sure we are devoted to something that is worthy of our lives. Let me give you a scripture. Proverbs 11, verse 28. He who trusts in riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Let me read you from the message. How many of you have ever read the message? Let me read you from the message. This is what the message says. A life devoted to things is a dead life, a stump. A God-shaped life is a flourishing tree. Powerful is that? If I'm devoted just to the things of this world and just things, the Bible describes it as like a stump. How many of you have had a tree that you just cut down and all that's left is a stump? It's not productive. It doesn't last. But here we're told a life that is devoted to God is a flourishing life. It's a blessed life. It's a productive life. It's a growing life. And some people can devote their lives to things that will never truly satisfy them. That will always leave them empty. Always leave them dissatisfied. I'm, I'm convinced with all my heart when we devote ourselves to the things of God, It's the happiest, most satisfying, most glorious life that you can live. You know what the devil's greatest lie is? To tell you that if you live a life totally devoted to God, that you will miss out on life. That you'll miss out on something. That something in life will pass you by. It's a lie from the enemy. Because the opposite is true. It's when we don't live a devoted life to God that actually it's at that point we miss out on all that God has for us. 
We miss out on God's best. We miss out on God's joy. We miss out on God's peace. We miss out on God's glory. We miss out on greater levels of God's presence. How many say, God, I want to live the most glorious life I can ever live. And that is a life that's devoted to you. It's the only way you can ever live a truly happy, satisfying, purposeful life is a life that's utterly and totally devoted to God. Can you say amen? So let me ask you this then. How do we develop a cultured life of devotion? Here's the first thing. Be committed to God. I think we live in a generation. I think the biggest, this is the biggest thing in our generation. That we don't like to commit ourselves to anything. It's the biggest thing in this generation. We're afraid of commitment. And because of our fear of commitment, lives are limited. Families are torn down. People live powerless lives. Because we've not understood the power of of a committed life. Psalm 37, verse 1. Verse 5, sorry, says, Commit your ways to the Lord, trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Commit your life to Him. Commit your vision to Him. Commit your desires to the Lord. David declared this. He says, I delight to do your will. Isn't that awesome? In other words, he saw the will of God not as something burdensome, not as something miserable or or something he was forced to do. He delighted in the will of God. He delighted. It was a delight. It was something he actually enjoyed because he saw the benefits of living a life that desired and, and was delighting in doing the will of God. And when we do the will of God, Everything else in our life lines up. It brings us into alignment. Ever felt in life that just somehow your life doesn't really seem to fit together? It's not really coming together. It just seems so disjointed and kind of all over the place. Often that's down to a lack of devotion. When there's devotion at the centre of our heart, everything else just comes right there into line. It comes together. It fits together. It makes sense. It, it, everything begins to flow and move in your life. From a heart of a life that's devoted. It's interesting. John's epistle. I love the epistle of John. Not the gospel. I love the gospel, but the epistle of John. And the very last verse he says in the whole epistle he talks to us all kinds of amazing things about truth, about love and loving one all those amazing things and the last thing he says is this children keep yourself from idols he's not talking to some he's not talking to pagans he's talking to fully known Christian believers and he's saying to Christian believers keep your heart from idols. We may look at society today and think, well, we don't worship stones and statues. But the idols of today are far more subtle. An idol can be anything. It could be your job. It could be a hobby. It could be TV. An idol is anything that you put before God. 
And he says, keep yourself. Don't allow yourself to allow anything to capture the devotion, to capture the, the, the things of your heart. Keep yourself from those things. Keep yourself in a place of devotion and commitment to God and everything else will be blessed. Can you say amen? I think part of devotion as well is, is being committed to his word and his ways. Almost there comes a point in your life where you say, God, from this point on, I'm committing my life to what you say. I am what you say I am and I will do what you say I will do. Listen, I'm not just going to... I just read about Jesus. He said that Jesus taught... He, he did and he taught. He didn't just teach the word. He actually applied it and did it and lived it out. What a challenge for myself, for all of us. But we need to apply and do what God says to do in his word. So that's part of your devotion. They devote themselves to the word of God. There's another aspect of devotion to develop in our lives. And that is consistency. Well, that's a big one, consistency. Here's the problem. That we lose a lot of things in life because of lack of consistency. So what I'm saying is this. That I'm going to read that word every day. I'm going to seek to spend time with God every day. I'm going to seek to, to love and show acts of kindness and love to people as, as often as I can. In other words, I build a life of consistency. I do it day by day, week by week. I am consistent. Consistent in reading the Bible. Consistent in prayer. Consistent in serving families. Consistent in serving church. Consistent on my job. I am consistent. In other words, consistency means that you're dependable. It means you're diligent. It means that you are faithful. Proverbs 13 verse 4 says, The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Ever had a watch that stops? Incidentally, my watch is still going, Mike. Uh, just to say, my, my Cambodia Rolex is still going, still going, exactly to the very second, it's still going very well. Thank you very much. But ever had a watch that stops? Ever had that? Just when you need it most, it stops. It may be consistent for five hours of the day, but just when you want to get to an appointment, boom, the watch stops. You know, we often say, well, my watch stopped. It didn't somehow seem to carry weight, does it? My watch stopped. How many don't want an and we do not want an inconsistent watch. And buy a Rolex Cambodian watch. <laughs> and it will be consistent. But the point is often in life. The power of consistency. You think about it. What do employers look for more than anything else? They don't necessarily always look for talent and ability. They look for somebody who's consistent. Is that right? Somebody they know is going to be there on time. Somebody they know is going to do their job consistently. I think a consistent person can often achieve more than the most talented person around. And God doesn't often require great talent and ability. Sometimes he's just looking for what? Consistency. Almost done. Here's the last, kind of, last but one thing. <laughs> a devoted life is a life that overcomes. We're going to face challenges and all kinds of things in life. But the one thing that is needed 
is a person that won't give up and you won't quit. You won't quit, quit and give up on things in life. You won't quit on relationships, on families, on doing God's will, on, on all kinds of things in life. You aren't going to quit. You're not going to quit on people. You're not going to give up on people. But you will not quit. And that's part of devotion. That you're committed and you are not going to quit. There's the last thing. True heart devotion comes from this, I think, more than anything else. Is when I really, truly recognise of how devoted Jesus is to me. C.T. Studd said, If Jesus Christ be God and gave himself for me, then there can be no sacrifice too great for me to give to him. In other words, I'll never be as passionate about God until I see his passion for me. I'll never be truly devoted to God until I see his devotion to me. The more I see his passion for me, the more passionate I am for him. Amen? The more devoted I see he is to me, the more devoted I will be to him. If I've never grasped that, if I've never fully allowed my heart to be fully moved and fully touched by his devotion to me, then the chances are I'm not going to be that devoted to him. But the more I see it, the Apostle Paul said, Jesus Christ gave it all for me. The Son of Man loved me and gave himself for me. And I believe from that revelation, Paul lived the whole of his life. From that understanding, from that revelation, from that recognition that he gave himself for me and because he gave himself for me, then the least I can do is give myself to him. You see that? Something is birthed. Something is stirred. Something is moved in your heart when you understand the devotion of Jesus to you. And you find that throughout the scriptures. That awareness, that sense. Jesus, if you gave it for me, how much more do I need to give it to you? Let's just bow our heads. Let's just come to him right now. Oh, the power of a devoted life. What a challenge right now. The power of it. The power of a devoted heart. The power of a devoted life. What amazing things happen when we have hearts of devotion. Amazing breakthroughs. Amazing things happen in life that comes from that. Just spend a few moments in your own hearts. Ask yourself, now Lord, have I held back on my devotion to you? Do I need, in a sense, to re-engage and a sense in these moments to re-commit myself to you? To re- in a sense, dedicate my heart to you afresh and anew. I want to devote myself to you today.